0: Coming at you live from MC Escher Elementary. It's cartoon night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co-host, Chris Lucy Antonio.
1: And I'm your co-host, Sylvie Kettles.
0: And we're back at it again.
1: Yeah, you have you have defeated the beast.
0: Yes, a triumphant return from my one-on-one battle with the COVID. Um, that shit sucks. Yep. I There's no way to sugarcoat it or position it anyway. That thing is real. That thing is dangerous that thing man does it ever zap you of everything
1: gosh i wish there was a way we could have like prevented the spread earlier on
0: no 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 <laughs> no 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 No. No. i'm i'm racking my brain to think like well stopping short of you know sending everybody home and uh stopping the work culture for you know a couple of months uh i don't i don't see a solution to it
1: you're right, and that's that's just way too big of an ask.
0: Yeah, and bearing in mind that I was vaxed and double boosted, uh, I was pretty much out of commission for almost a whole week. Yeah, which is which is uh, which isn't bad compared to a lot of stories uh, I've heard or like experiences that of from friends who've had COVID. Like I was one of the luckier ones, and woof. Oh yeah okay well i was just gonna say this is officially a covid tainted podcast all hosts have had it and it's no longer pure
1: we we're both failures
0: right or next rather, to the... you
1: know what the world has failed us
0: oh no 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 i blame myself
1: <laughs> you work in the food industry you had no chance
0: i could have i i, I could have done something else i yeah. i could have i, I could have put in my, my safety first
1: yeah then you would have lost your job
0: yeah, I could have lived as a hermit just uh, to prolong my life by a couple of years, but ooh, that paycheck, baby. Yep. So yeah, it's it might be a bit um, difficult moving forward because I've noticed it's kind of hard to talk at extensive periods of time. So bear that in mind. This uh, there, there might be a shift to our usual snappy banter.
1: Might be a little less snappy?
0: A little less snappy, a little more wheezy, and uh, you might... Despite the fact I am a fantastic editor that's usually able to hide all of our unpleasant <laughs> pauses. Yeah, awkward pauses and awkward bodily sounds that we let escape. You might hear me catching like catching my breath multiple times or breathing heavy, like I'm big pun. It it, it might happen.
1: We'll we'll take breaks as as needed.
0: We'll we'll see. We'll see how far I get before I tap into like, man, this is <laughs> talking into a microphone thing, man. That's it's the hardest job in the world, right?
1: Well, uh, when whenever that happens, whenever you find yourself getting tired, just tap out and I can do fiction Corner for like half an hour at least.
0: Oh, that's that's an omen. That's a <laughs> that is a poor omen for this show. But yeah, so bearing that in mind, I am on the road to quote unquote recovery. Uh, Sylvie, to be honest, you completely kicked my ass when it came to our both of our matchups with COVID. You bounced back much harder and faster than i did
1: yeah i i got (laughs) stupid
0: oh yeah yeah
1: i'm gonna say all i did was drink cherry bubbly and play hades for an entire week and i'm not gonna say that aided in my recovery but i'm gonna say it didn't hurt
0: i mean i watched a bunch of movies played rogue legacy 2 and drank a bunch of orange juice so i wasn't too far off
1: no no you were you were doing all the right things
0: all the right things Legacy 2. Oh, it's fantastic. I've I've already done, like, I I bought it on, like, Tuesday of this week of, that we were recording mm-hmm. and have already done, like, over a hundred runs of it. Yeah. I, I am in. I am in. If you want to, if, if you're looking for, like, your main uh, criteria for great games is frustrating time sync, then mm-hmm. look no further.
1: No, I already very recently bought Hollow Knight and Celeste, so... Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm Bangers, not, not long for this world.
0: Some of the greatest games of this generation. Yeah. We're a video game podcast now. Oops. It was bound to happen eventually.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, we're, we're losers of many different flavors.
0: Speak for yourself, but yes.
1: Many different genres of nerd.
0: What? The the people who run the Canadian cartoon podcast are nerds? <laughs> Perish the thought.
1: Yeah, we, you're right. We would never...
0: No, 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 no. We don't uh, immediately ruin conversations with our esoteric knowledge of bullshit no one cares about. That's I've not never, a thing.
1: I've never once been stared awkward, at awkwardly by a, uh, a co-worker who just uttered the phrase, uh, my kid played that one video game, the one with the zombies.
0: Ma'am, ma'am, please, <laughs> help.
1: I'm begging you, help me we, to help you.
0: You don't understand what you, what you have spoken into the world you have (laughs) you have provided nothing you 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 would have a better part of your this conversation if you just kept your mouth shut
1: she said her kid plays the one with the zombies and my boss then interjected with his kid plays uh the one with the war which is even less helpful
0: war zombies you know these are with zombies these really kind of niche subject matters that don't really translate to the video game medium. Yeah,
1: that's. They could never. mean, anyway, what are we talking about today?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, that might be COVID brain fog. I'm, I'm not exactly focused right now. Yeah, no, that's. Who, who? What are we doing?
1: Uh, we're talking about. Wayside. Okay. It's not fun. I want to get away, but I'm
0: too tired to run. I'm gonna find a place where there are no rules. in the world is wild. I have the tools to make things happen. And the reaction will explode. So for today's podcast, we are taking a look at the made-for-TV special Wayside the Movie. The film was produced by who else but Nelvana.
1: Our our good old friends with that breathy polar bear.
0: It's always Nelvana. Even when we run out of Nelvana shows, it will still be Nelvana. Nelvana is Canada animation. You can't divorce the two. Uh, We will never be out from under the shadow of that polar bear and star.
1: I don't know if a star would cast a shadow.
0: Well, it's it's, it's a logo. I don't know, man. (laughs) Anyway. And it was developed and co-written by John Deervelaini. Take that again. Nailed it. And, it. and it was developed and co-written by John The Delete as appropriate. And co-written by Lynn Oliver and directed by Ricardo Durante. The film is based on Louis Sachar's children's book, Sideways Stories from Wayside School, originally published in 1978. And the special originally aired on Teletoon, November 19th, 2005. The show acted as a stealth pilot slash proof of concept for a further series based on the Wayside book, which was given the green light in 2007 and ran for two seasons. Uh, our favorite part of the show, Sylvie, you watch this?
1: It's on Teletoon, so nope.
0: Nope. Uh, I have also not seen this uh, Wayside the movie. I did watch uh, Wayside the series that came after it, but this was uh, this was a first time viewing experience for me, so that was exciting.
1: All right. So this was we had a couple couple new voices for you.
0: Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. There was a there was a disconnect happening. Uh, some some okay, some not great, but otherwise. Have you read Louis Sicarra's children's book, *Sideways Stories from Wayside School?
1: Never. That
0: that is a classic.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it might have been in a few of my elementary school classrooms.
0: I can almost guarantee it was.
1: Yeah, but I I somehow missed it and watched some of the much worse random elementary school anthology series.
0: Because what I can tell you absolutely happened is that after uh, holes happened and became a children literature phenomenon mm-hmm. it almost became like compulsory in every elementary school curriculum yep i'm almost positive like every elementary school like not specifically in canada but probably specifically in canada picked up a bunch of other louis Sicar books and that's why i was able to find sideways stories from wayside school a book originally published in 1978 in my school library in in like 2000 and loved it it is a fantastic book
1: well i mean that's pretty common for uh i'm not trying to say this isn't a fantastic book but it's pretty common for a lot of like older novels to become elementary school staples like fucking where the red fern grows was from 1961 and it's still traumatizing kids
0: still haven't read it still happy
1: yeah you're you're much better off for it
0: I bet I am. But, yeah. you know, the, the sideways stories from Wayside School, that could be pretty traumatizing, too.
1: Oh, yeah? How so?
0: Oh, man, like, oh, the the antics that these kids get up to in their weird little ab- absurd slice of life that is Wayside School. Like oh, boy. I remember specifically that the chapter based on Todd is involves bank robbers mistaking the school for a bank.
1: I could see that mistake happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Nineteen seventy eight was a more innocent time when yeah. people showing up with guns at a school wasn't uh you could write that in a children's book. Yeah,
1: and that was just like, wow, what a wacky thing that could never happen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh
0: so so bad what? times. What?
1: what what hey Chris?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why does it look like that?
0: Oh, we're go we're going right here.
1: We're going right because, uh this building gosh this building is really weird
0: oh the uh the the whole gimmick of the wayside school that appeared in a bunch of lewis Sicar novels uh so the idea was that the architect of wayside school was originally going to do it uh 30 classrooms all on the ground floor there's like a big bungalow kind of complex for a school. standard
1: elementary school shape
0: but you see uh the blueprints were printed the wrong way. And so he built up.
1: So instead of one floor with 30 rooms...
0: Yes, it, it is...
1: 30 floors with one
0: room. Yep, one room per floor. Just a giant monolithic tower of poorly done education. Apparently, like, Wayside School is supposed to be a grammar school?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I, I don't know the difference.
0: Nope. And I choose not to learn. Yep.
1: Yeah. There there is a lot more going on with the uh, structure of the school because clearly clearly there's more than just he just built it up instead of out because the the uh, architecture of the school is appropriately buck fucking wild.
0: Oh no, it is. It 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 has this absurd logic to its architecture which permeates the design of the show just in general. Uh, This is a vibrant and eye candy kind of show.
1: It is very bright. I I do just want to quickly point out my absolute favorite visual gag from the beginning uh, of the episode. It's a background joke um, where, like, Todd is trying to run up the stairs. He pauses at a bathroom where there's a clear glass window just into the boys' washroom for some godforsaken reason. And then as he apologizes and runs back up the stairs, you can see on the bottom half of the next five stairs is the door to the handicap restroom. Just (laughs) floating in space. And there's a lock on the door. So this is, like, the least accessible bathroom I have ever seen in my life.
0: Oh, I mean, one of my notes is, uh... This is the most like, handy, inaccessible school I've ever seen. It's literally oh, yeah. just 30 flights upstairs. There is no elevator. No ramp, no nothing. For shame, Wayside.
1: Disgusting.
0: But yeah, there's these, these wild variations going on in the set design itself, where every floor that we see kind of has its own flavor and design logic to it. All the classes and hallways can have these like wildly different designs, and it all kind of works in this amalgamation of weird vibes that is wayside school there's kind of there's this
1: being john malkovich style half floor
0: oh i also wrote that down like you you have a kind of like being john malkovich absurd approach to just school architecture
1: sometimes there's just a half floor don't ask questions
0: sometimes you work on the seven and a half floor yeah that's that's fine
1: yeah there's two actually because um the background of because uh, every floor has a number on it there is a 23rd 23rd and a half floor in this school so there are two being john malkovich jokes in the same like five seconds
0: uh there is also a joke related to it's not in this you, you don't see it in this um movie this tv special but there is a chapter from the book where there is a, I think it's the 14th floor, doesn't exist. Yeah, There's it's like imaginary. A mis- There's a mistake or something, and that becomes a subplot in a couple of the chapters, as well as a couple of the episodes of the continuation series from this TV special. But So, before we get too deep into the look of the show, because uh, I want to talk a lot about these uh, character models, their colors, yeah. and how exactly they move, uh-huh. but... We kind of got to start here with what exactly Wayside the movie is about. All right. Uh, it's a fish out of water story. Okay.
1: It, it is. It's pretty pretty straight to the point where you've got your new transfer student, Todd, who is just a normal, normal kid. Super normal. And like aggressively just, yeah, bland. Like just just a plain Jane of a, what are they, like 12? Sure. Uh, and he shows up for his first day at wayside school and everyone's got umbrellas out even though it's a bright sunny day but it's science day everyone says uh and then shit starts falling from the sky and that's his introduction to school
0: yeah there is uh wayside school is this constant absurd and eccentric uh look at the look at ele- elementary education and it all stems from the 30th floor with Mrs. Jewel's class where all of the class like all, all the classmates have a specific eccentricity about them and Normie Todd enters into this buckshit wild world of nothing making sense and he just wants to get an education he just wants to, yeah, go, to, just, school, just to go to school do his homework yeah he just wants to he just wants to have a, an education But Wayside ain't that kind of school, bucko. So he constantly clashes with the school's indecipherable sensibilities. And that's kind of, that is kind of the hook of this TV special. Because it's kind of, it's kind of like like an anthology in a way. Because it's picking up a bunch of story threads that are inspired by the book and would later become specifically centric episodes in the uh in the television series that would come next Mm -hmm. but for here it's just kind of a lot of a lot of story ideas that came from that book just thrown together because it's it's a very loose plot happening here
1: yeah there's there's a lot of moving parts uh there's definitely like a lot of subplots going on at the same time
0: all of which would as i said would have episodes of their own yeah. Like this. This is kind of like a demo reel of a movie to show. Like, no, you don't understand. We have so many ideas for the Wayside TV series.
1: You can you can do fucking anything.
0: Just just greenlight this. Like as you can see, we, we have we're bursting with ideas. We can barely keep it into a forty minute cartoon. Come on, guys. Come on, Teletoon. Give us a whole run. And they did.
1: Yeah. Like again, there's a there's a freeze frame moment where it cuts to what looks to be a cafeteria, and every everyone is eating what you think. Is hot dogs in hot dog buns it's actually bananas in hot dog buns everyone has them it is completely inexplicable it's not even like the kind of loxd lolxd so random kind of humor it's just you blink and then it's gone and you go wait did I wait did I see that right oh the show is gaslighting you at every turn
0: this stops short of that lol so random kind of humor which was very very popular in 2005.
1: Absolutely. But it it just has a different energy to it.
0: Be- because of the way it's written, there are so many jokes g- getting thrown at you, so many like character beats and moments that it's kind of hard to stay still on one of those lol so random moments and yeah. Like any good lol like lol so random kind of humor just beat it over beat you over the head with it to make sure that you got it and that that spontaneity of the weirdness doesn't yeah. work this this
1: show does not waste time turning to you the audience and giving you a little winky wink it, it's just going at a breakneck pace
0: and and again because they only have 40 minutes to set up an entire kind of show that would that that is based off an anthology to begin with mm-hmm so the fact that they even kind of carved out a narrative from that, uh, because in, in the chapter with uh, from the book with Todd, he's not like the protagonist. He's only like chapter five. Mm-hmm. There is no protagonist for like sideways stories from Wayside School. It's all just all random kids being weird little fucks.
1: Just a bunch of little weirdos at their weird school, and and I think
0: the tr- and I think the translation here, the adaptation works really well. Mm-hmm. Like I I like a lot of. it's it contains that very like junior surrealness surrealism uh like like baby's first surrealism yeah like it it does work because it's it's very weird it's random but it's also structured with some great uh characters some very enjoyable humor and just bit upon bit upon bit
1: and if you don't like one bit don't worry there'll be another one just around the corner
0: Oh, God, is there ever. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's actually get back into the look of the show, um, because I really like how the show moves.
1: It's... God, I don't even know if I could think of the word for it, because it, it is smooth, but there's also, like, almost it feels like keyframes just missing at just the right moments so that it'll jerk forward. Just what it needs to, though.
0: Oh, no, there is... You you want you don't really want to call it smooth because it does have that uh that jerkiness to it, but it's so slick and expressive and like clean and fast, it and it it gets it like it, it can move at such a clip. I'm am thinking specifically of that opening segment of Todd running from all of the dropping classroom accoutrements. Yeah, yeah that's a glorious. That's a beautiful piece of animation.
1: The the choreography of he ducks down, desk lands perfectly over him so that he's just in the little nook underneath it, and then pencil, perfect row of pencils in the ground. To, I think, chalk is the next one? Sure. Yeah, it's so smooth. It is fluid.
0: Yeah, very, very fluid. And I, and I just also like how the, like the character models can squash and distort for emphasis and exaggeration
1: we, we and, love a squash and stretch
0: yeah and it, it's and it's so subtle too it's it's not like really ex, it's not really exaggerated to the point of being like being very like distracting or obvious mm-hmm. but it's just these subtle kind of variations to their model sheets that and especially considering their like facial expressions
1: i there is not a single uh expression in this pilot at least that that misses. They're all so over the top in a way that's absolutely delightful.
0: And one thing I was really, really um, saddened to see after like uh, coming to this pilot, after actually having seen the series, uh, that that very specific kind of bold shading that's happening on all these characters, that that definition there, mm-hmm. you don't get that in the series.
1: Oh, that's too bad.
0: And that's probably for the sake of streamlining the animation process. Yeah. You can't have that kind of very detail, that, that that level of detail for, you know, 26 episodes. Yeah. That you can for this one 40-minute episode.
1: Yeah, when you've, when you've got a pilot, you can really buckle down and dedicate it, your time to uh, making it look as good as you could possibly do.
0: Yeah, and hats off to uh, director Ricardo Durante. Uh, he really makes a spectacle out of this show.
1: Good, because it should be a spectacle.
0: Oh, there's so many... There are just so many great bits in this show. I I, I was remembering why I, despite it coming out in like 2007, the, you know, the Wayside television series, it was kind of like past my time. Mm -hmm. I I, I remember why I did tune into it on occasion because there are so many good bits in in this show. I
1: was going to say, I'm definitely going to double back and check out a bit of this show.
0: What, like one of it's a it's a good running joke. Uh, but like the fact that the principal, Kidswater, doxes Todd within yeah. two minutes of him being in the school by just reading out his full address and calling him by that for the like the remainder of the series. Yeah, that
1: just remains his the way he refers to Todd, just full legal address.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and all that humor is kind of like radi- radiating out from this like internal sense of absurdity. Where gradually, throughout this like uh, pilot, people get weirder and more strange in their actions and like their their kind of comedy. Yeah. It, it it feels like it's a mounting weirdness to combat Todd's like doubling down on no, we have to be normal.
1: No, I can fix this school.
0: <laughs> that's his that's his main thrust throughout the entire show is that just looking at this it, it's that meme from um the babadook todd is looking back at wayside Goes like why can't you be normal and wayside school is in the back seat just screaming yeah and there you go you got a hit
1: yeah that's sometimes that's all you need a show to be
0: and and i like how a lot of this probably played more for me than it did for you because i read the book yeah but so many of so many of the like uh, character beats and jokes are referencing like things from the book and otherwise they don't make sense Okay, like, so
1: they're sort of just out-there lines that you otherwise wouldn't notice.
0: Yeah, like uh, Mrs. Jules and her, like, strange monkey fixation.
1: Okay, yeah, I, d- I did notice that.
0: Like, uh, she calls Todd a monkey, and is only... Another great joke is that he she's only convinced that he's not a monkey after Mauricio says, I don't punch monkeys. Like, oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, no, it's true. So she, I guess you are right. a child. And that, that's a weird bit from the book itself where Miss Jules believes all of her class like all of her students are monkeys all right it's just like it's just like subtly referenced here and all the characters that you can only like all the side characters from her class you can only glimpse uh and they they seem to be all defined in certain ways it's because they're referencing characters from the the book but again there's no emphasis put on it there's no spotlight there it's just yeah that's Cherie, the sleeping one one from like chapter 17
1: I I said this to you before we started recording, but I do want to bring up again that it, the the only modern equivalent I can think of is the anime uh, *Komi-san Can't Communicate*, where every single character in their classroom is designed like they are the protagonist of the show, and all of the designs for this classroom feel very much the same. Like everyone is over designed, even though the show doesn't have time or chooses not to fixate. On, or give them any additional screen time. They've kind of decided that Todd is the protagonist of this show. They are designed in a way that you go like, what's, what's that kid's deal? Why is this kid dressed like an elf? That's Steven. Yeah.
0: He dresses so, like every day's Halloween. Yeah.
1: And I that's from the book for
0: him. Read the lore.
1: I would love to.
0: Read the lore. <sighs> that's, that's That's all you gotta know. Yeah. Wayside Explained is a... <laughs> 55-minute YouTube video that I'm working on.
1: Are you kidding? You're, you think you can really keep it under an hour?
0: Yes, because I'm not an idiot.
1: You're a coward is what you mean.
0: No, no, I have standards. Most video essays essayists don't. Ha 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 Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah, just uh, this very kind of like subtle referencing of the source material I was a big fan of uh, because I really liked that book. But... Um, what, what ends up happening is that there, when the uh, series goes on, uh, there are four main characters. It's Todd, Mauricia, Myron, and Dana.
1: And to be fair, they're all great.
0: They, they become the de facto uh, group of the mm-hmm. show.
1: But, uh, man, I really, really like the design of this evil Knievel girl.
0: Oh, right. Uh, I don't remember her name, because, again, <laughs> she's given no lines in the show. Um... But...
1: Jenny. Sure. Yeah. That's Jenny. Uh, I'm also very fond of the three Erics. <laughs> just, just by bit alone.
0: Yeah, and and sometimes, uh, so, sometimes those characters would get like a spotlight in the show itself. Uh, they they get like a little segment of an episode, oh, or God, I hope so, or a plot here or there. But mostly, it's just uh, the the main four characters and. Just wayside being wayside, and everyone having to deal with its strange vibrations. Yeah,
1: give in to the weird.
0: Yeah, that's why like this 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 like a uh, TV movie doesn't really have a plot, so to speak. It it has like plot digressions and things that could form into something, but it's just kind of like plot threads that eventually coalesce into the end because nothing really feels like it it doesn't really feel like a a narrative that's working towards something yeah
1: there's there's a lot of shit going on like it's there's todd's what's todd's deal why did he get why did he leave his previous school and then there's the uh class presidential campaign that myron and dana are running very intensely
0: uh the mystery of the shifting wall in miss jewel's class
1: uh, there's principal the principal's uh, power hungriness, which I just assume carries through. Yeah. Um, there's I guess I guess and then there's Todd like trying to make Wayside normal.
0: Hmm. And also, uh, Mauricia's love story. That's
1: right. Again, I can I believe that is a carry that's carried through.
0: Oh God, yeah. There she's, are pl- plenty of jokes of of her just socking the shit out of his arm.
1: She's just a straight up tsundere.
0: Yes. She, she is Helga Pataki. Yep. For a new generation. Yep. Express your love intensely with And this. violently. Yes.
1: Because it's not abuse when girls do it.
0: No. What if he likes it? He doesn't like it.
1: He doesn't. He does not like it.
0: <laughs> I, I do love, though, there's, like, the those very quick jokes of when everyone's cheering uh, for whatever reason, and Marisa just is like, you're hot, or do you have a girlfriend? Yeah. Just laying it all out on the line like that.
1: Yeah, she's... She's very, uh, very forward, but secretly. Yep.
0: Yeah, she knows what she wants, and it's Todd.
1: This, this normal-ass Michael Sarah kid.
0: This bean paste of a human being.
1: I don't know if I would say that to bean paste.
0: I'm just thinking of nutritional spread, the human being. Oh. He, his lack of personality is his personality.
1: I feel like he'd be, like, plain hummus then, Mm. like hummus without any additional seasonings just smushed chickpeas
0: the original flavor yogurt that's it that is our protagonist and you don't you don't think that would work but you forget that this show takes place at wayside where everyone is a heavily exaggerated character
1: yeah that's it I, i don't know if it's like the school affects the brain or if it's just the sort of place that attracts this type of person, both Possibly. in student body and faculty. Because some of the other teachers that we get to see in the uh, just in the faculty lounge look downright normal. But they are well, also then promptly flung from the window.
0: And you also have the other one other like teacher uh, that's not in the half room. That's not that's not uh, breaking all of the students arms whenever they answer a question. You also get the uh, explorer teacher.
1: I think I missed that one
0: uh it's during the bit where miss mush's uh mushroom surprise is eating through all of the floors of the school like it's, oh yes like it's xenomorph blood on the nostromo yep and it burns through a globe that he's pointing at like today we'll learn about the western hemisphere it burns the, the globe uh i mean the eastern hemisphere yeah okay let's uh let's just say it like this show is just made up of cutaway gags
1: yeah it's 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 just cutaway gags that lead into additional cutaway gags
0: yeah but it, unlike another show that popularized cutaway gags in the mid-2000s uh, i can't think of what you're talking
1: about
0: it's all in service of a single joke which is the school's fucking weird yeah and that's why you can like take these uh comedic digressions it takes where it just cuts into another classroom where something weird is happening and that's fine
1: yeah because the at the end of the day the joke is Man, this school is fucked.
0: Yeah, this school is fucked. Enjoy. Wayside is fucked. I...
1: <laughs> that the fact that kids are not constantly dying is a miracle.
0: Oh god, I just I'm just reading through my notes and I, and I wrote down this one line which is my favorite, which is what the little kindergarten girl says to Todd when he gets on the bus. It's like, mm-hmm. I have gum in my hair. Want to see me throw up?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just is... laugh. It's a good line. And it's also something that's just like, no, I could... That feels very accurate to small children.
0: Now, little kids are gross, and yeah. Wayside gets it.
1: Yeah, little kids are absolutely disgusting, and they want to share that with the world.
0: What is... How is that a punishment, by the way?
1: Yeah, being sent home early.
0: Three hours early. You get yeah. sent home at noon.
1: Yeah, like, it's, it is a punishment specifically for Todd, because he's afraid of kindergartners. But for any other student, that's just like... Okay. Going home early. See ya.
0: Yeah, it doesn't come up much. Like, his specific kindergarten fear doesn't come up much in the series. It more just becomes like, I don't want to be sent home every day. I, I want to be in school.
1: Yeah. He's here to learn.
0: And Miss Jules is a terrible teacher.
1: <laughs> what? What? You, you're, you're not fond of her uh, flagrant disregard for the well-being of her students?
0: No, she's she is a scatterbrained idiot. And that's fine. That that that's her character.
1: That's that's her best quality.
0: Uh, huge. Like, we can get into the voice cast a bit here. Uh, huge shout out to uh, Kathy Najimy, uh, for her performance as Mrs. Jewel, who is only in the pilot. She does not yeah. make the transition to the series. Uh, I'm
1: definitely gonna miss that.
0: <laughs> mostly because they they can't afford fucking Peggy Hill money. Yeah. But you can catch it sometimes. You can hear the Peggy Hill Peggy Hill voice like peek through.
1: It sneaks it's, in. She's got a very different affect, but yeah.
0: Because she's going for like a Midwestern kind of accent. Mm-hmm. And it's this perfect kind of combination of kindness and naivete and complete disregard for her students as little her bit, students.
1: A little bit of condescension.
0: Yeah. And it is her to go. it allows her to go on a lot of just strange logic loops as to how she runs her classroom. Yeah.
1: Like, her, her, her discipline box, and I guess thinking all of her students are monkeys.
0: And not realizing that the Fruit Pop rapper is a ballot. She thought that one of her students was named Fruit Pop.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's not the weirdest thing that could possibly be true.
0: Uh, that is a that is a brilliant satire of the electoral system, though. Yeah. Uh, everyone is voting in this class president uh, but election. Ev-
1: everyone votes for themselves.
0: Yeah, because she didn't explain. Like, no, you want to vote for the best candidate, but it turns out that, <sighs> but it turns out everybody is running, including people not in the classroom, including the principal is the running for class president.
1: Um, so instead of a proper election, because democracy fails, um, they have a dodgeball game.
0: And this is this is where Lee, um, th- this is where like the digressive narrative structure is a bit, uh, it's a bit long in the tooth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it really does feel like uh they were skating between story idea to story idea and uh, just allowing bits to go on uh, for as long as they could get it out like they were trying to fill this hour of television with whatever they could and
1: they were like what if what if a goofy little dodgeball game
0: yeah that's fine it's funny there's a lot of a lot of great animation there as well
1: yeah I but I also extremely it, like uh how the dodgeball game handles uh dana's joke for this episode which has been her welcome binder that she made for todd
0: yeah her, her character in the series is that she's rule obsessive and yeah. no one should break rules which is perfect for something like wayside school where there are no fucking rules
1: yeah um but the fact that so the dodgeball gets hit, hit by a, a hedgehog and deflates naturally um but so she turns to the rule book for, what do we do? And the rules are, get another dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Just get another one. You're fine.
0: Yeah, and so th- there's, like, um, it was most, it, it was, like, most obvious in the dodgeball scene where uh this plot is kind of meandering and could use some better pacing and a sense of momentum because some bits can go on too long and causes like the the flow of the show to be a bit misshapen i don't know maybe this will work better as like a 23 minute episode about a dodgeball game maybe hmm yeah think about that hmm
1: i i also very much like the principles lead into uh him being a fabulous figure skater which is like the only thing i think that isn't a chekhov's gun in this episode
0: no that is also true um that never really comes back. That's, like, the closest we get to a lol-so-random kind of joke. But yeah. it appears throughout the series, he is a yeah. secret figure skater.
1: I I honestly just support him in that. I really like that he has a secret underground rink.
0: Yeah, because uh, he used school funds to build it. Yeah,
1: because he's a power-hungry asshole.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's also incredibly childish. Yeah. It, it's perfect. It's perfect for a principal character. Uh but your whole like checkups gone checkups gun point is very important because as much as I am not necessarily complaining but pointing out the kind of meandering in the plot and can do some better pacing, mm-hmm. everything pays off.
1: Yeah, there's there's very little that's truly a throwaway. Like, every even the, every yeah. bit is just a a setup for the ultimate punchline.
0: And even if those setups and uh bits can go on a bit long for my taste, uh they eventually do circle back to uh, the what is the major plot, which is this uh, the fact that Mrs. Jules' class is not a classroom, but the trash compactor.
1: Yes, and every and the fuse box gets some wires crossed, and every time the principal speaks over the microphone, anytime anyone speaks over the microphone, the walls of this classroom slowly start closing, threatening to crush all of the people within.
0: Yeah. Uh, Daravlainy, I, I should have looked up how to pronounce that, Daravlainy, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, just that's, say, that's probably it.
1: Just say a bunch of different ways you could pronounce it, and then take John, whichever bit.
0: It's probably John Daravlainy, that's of, probably how it's pronounced, but I'm just uh-huh. gonna call him Johnny D from now on. Okay! So, like, the, the, the script by Johnny D and Lynn Oliver is, it's really well done. It kind of, ca- it, it captures that in anthology kind of feel of the original book but in a way that in a way that's like multifaceted and connects at the end yeah. it's it's like, probably perfect with a couple of um commercial breaks in there
1: yeah probably I'm, I'm not gonna say it is like hot fuzz levels of tight perfection not a single moment is wasted
0: a few things could be
1: nothing is uh but it's gosh darn it if it's not trying
0: so that was like the only kind of problem I had with watching this special as as opposed to the series. The other problem I had was Michael Sarah. Yeah. He,
1: you, you he, doesn't nec- that.
0: he doesn't necessarily give a bad performance. It kind of fits the character. But it's a bit of a cognitive disconnect between for you. Yes, me specifically, because he Michael Sarah, for obvious reasons, uh, did not go over to the show, the TV series, when it was airing in 2007, because he had other things to do in 2007.
1: Specifically Superbad.
0: Specifically Juno. Yes. Like. Yeah, yeah Michael
1: Cera that... was busy absolutely destroying the uh, indie comedy cinema scene of Hollywood, I guess.
0: Yeah, he was on the threshold of truly breaking like, into stardom, and it's kind of hard to coax him back. It's like, but what about your signature role as Todd? How could you leave that in the dark, Mr. Sarah?
1: Yeah, yeah. He was, he was handed two very different contracts and he chose correctly.
0: Mm-hmm. Because C- then like it was off to the races for that guy. It was yeah. Nick and Nora's infinite Playlist m- list the next year. And then Youth and Revolt in year one, two bad movies, but they they fucking paid him. He, yeah. he got that money, and then it was Scott Pilgrim in 2010, yeah. and that that was it. Like, he, there's no going back from that.
1: Yeah, he, he became a certified celebrity. At, and, and good for him. And, and when, when faced with the decision of celebrity or just a mainstay Canadian voice actor, work for Nelvana for the rest of your life, he made a you, choice.
0: Yeah, chose poorly, but you know, that's me. <laughs> that's just what I think. Uh, Oh, God, he was... He was on right. He was on Bray Yeah,
1: yeah. This when is not the first time we've talked about Michael Sarah on this podcast.
0: Yeah, and he was also in Rolly Poly Oli, and yep. like Wayside was kind of like the last Canadian cartoon that he did.
1: Well, yeah, because just as because uh, he was uh, he was already on Arrested Development when this with this short aired. Yes.
0: Yes, uh, Arrested Development. Uh, its original run would end uh, the next year, two thousand and six. Okay. So he was still uh, George Michael on that show i forget which season that was that was like season two i believe
1: yeah so th- this was probably something that was no, done just three, like in three. between seasons like just in, in, in a break between filming
0: Mm-hmm. because I, I think uh they were like in the midst of season three and it was kind of the writing was on the walls they're not going to get picked up the tragically the ratings just weren't there Mm-hmm. so yeah just Fall back on Wayside. Maybe you can turn that into a voice acting career. Oh, what's that? Oh, uh, Judd Apatow's on the nu- on the line. Oh.
1: Oh dear. Hey, Mark. <laughs> yeah, cause you would have known Mark Rendell. Uh uh-huh. As as Todd.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a different interpretation of the character. He's more of a, he really leads leans into the uh, blandness of the character. All right. He does a very like uh, subdued kind of voice and. Constantly sounds like he's over it, which which works, which mm-hmm. I'm which I'm a fan of in the show. But just hearing Michael Sarah come out of Todd's like character model just feels weird. Okay. For me specifically, he, he doesn't do a bad job.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I did not notice this, but also I have no other frame of reference.
0: Yeah, and the, the rest of the cast is really well suited to their characters. Uh, specifically, I want to shout out uh, Martin Villafana as Myron. Who does carry over to the uh, show? He it does a great so job. He that is a great comedic performance. He has like perfect understanding of that character and all the perfect comedic beats associated yeah. with it.
1: He understands exactly the kind of like seemingly personable politician kid who is also just a total fucking dumbass. Yep. But is so confident. He will say the dumbest shit or forget the most obvious thing with the biggest grin on his face. And it's like, you know what? I'm annoyed. I can't even be mad, though.
0: No, he's, he's one of those great uh, comedic foils who just who just acts like they're living in their own version of reality constantly. Yeah. And everyone is just staring at them. It's like, where do you go?
1: What is your life?
0: What is your deal? I mean, you, you could levy that question against everybody. Yeah. Of Wayside, like, what's your deal? Oh, you sleep during class? Oh, you're the artist? Oh, you have pigtails? Great. Great. I've found my people, I guess. Todd says as he, <laughs> as he throws his desk out the window as a final button on the joke.
1: Yep. Yeah. Rule threes, man.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. That, yeah. that's that. also one of my favorite jokes. Is like after. After carrying a, his desk all the way back up to the thirtieth floor, Miss Jules immediately throws it out again.
1: Yeah, like there is no remorse in that woman's heart. Instantly out the window.
0: Like, oh, Todd, might if I borrow that for a second? Like, what? <laughs> out the window. Gone. Yeah, great, great comedic timing in this show, and play the delightful yeah. theme.
1: Yeah, by fucking Sky Sweetnam.
0: Which I I think it's it, it's the same. Same group that did the television uh, series, but tragically, it's less ska in the TV series. Rep. Like, there's not that same kind of uh, instrumentation, uh, th- like that brass kind of instrumentation that has that for the verse and chorus. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as ska as the movie one. It's like, why?
1: I imagine, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, let me let me walk down a rabbit hole here. So, because Sky Sweetnam had just come off of the popularity of uh, Billy S. and her her first album, Noise from the Basement, circa two thousand and four. This uh this special came out in two thousand and five, so it was probably in production before then. So they didn't know what sound was going to be like her big hit, her her smash Billboard two hundred sound. So they were allowed to have a little more fun with it. And then when she became very famous in, in Canada as, like, Bubblegum Britney or Avril Light.
0: Yeah, big in Canada is less uh, distinguished than even big in Japan. Yeah. Nobody cares.
1: Yeah. Well, you you had Danko Jones. I had Sky Sweetenum.
0: No, the world had Danko Jones.
1: The world did have Danko
0: like that that's that's I can't hold on to that that's a gift to the world. <laughs> like I want everybody to own a Danko Jones album.
1: Maybe one day I will.
0: If I were prime minister. <laughs> that would <laughs> be my fir- Danko
1: Jones album. That would be my first decree.
0: That would be like a staple of my platform. Yeah. Like uh you, that is now the Danko Jones is now the uh, national band. And uh, we are throwing out o Canada for a Danko Jones song. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you haven't picked one, which one yet? Um, First date. I don't know. I did find out that um, Sky Sweetnam made the full transition to punk. She's now the lead singer for a band called Sumo Psycho.
0: That doesn't sound like a pop punk band at all. <laughs> Honestly, they could also be a ska band. They could also day.
1: be a ska band. I would be fully on board with that. I think. I think it's what she deserves. Complimentary. <laughs> I don't hate ska is the weird thing.
0: I know. No one hates ska anymore. Yeah.
1: It's it's too fucking happy to really, truly be mad at it.
0: No, man. Everyone wants to go out into the dance floor in their checkered <laughs> shirt and their suspenders and their pork pie hat and do some skanking. That's that's just a good time. Yeah. Oh, the Mighty Mighty Boston's are playing. Hell yeah, brother. Fuck
1: yeah.
0: Anything uh, else to uh, talk about here?
1: Well, I was just going to point out that um, pretty much the entire female student body is handled by two voice actresses. Crazy, right? Yeah, we've got Denise, mean, no... Denise Oliver playing half and uh, Lisa... Lisa Ng?
0: Yes, sure. Uh,
1: playing the second half. Like, all of the boys have... Uh, are I think Terry McGurin is the only one who's like really returning for a lot, but most of the other uh boys in the show have like just just random guys but like it's just two ladies carrying this entire cast and they're all good all the voices they pull
0: you don't you don't get a lot of it uh, because much of mrs Jewel's class is silent yeah but uh those two main roles of dana and mauricia perfect i i love their characterizations
1: absolutely flawless
0: uh, the other one I was wasn't a real. The only two I wasn't a real big fan of on the rewatch were uh, Lewis by Sergio DeZio and Miss Mush as Jane Eastwood. Bit too cartoony for me. Too far. Yeah, Lewis as the uh, laid-back surfer bro kind of voice. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's that's an that's the way to take that character, sure. But I, I've heard it before and heard it better and blah. And I
1: don't. I don't want to invoke the name of Total Drama.
0: See, that's he does give total
1: total drama vibes.
0: That's where my mind went. Yeah, Yeah. like it's it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to do that voice in a post sixteen and uh, Total Drama Island, because that voice is just, (sighs) it's it's kind of been perfected, by whoever that actor is, because he does it in everything. But also, uh, with Miss Mush, with, uh, Janie Swift, it's like, it's just, it's, it's just an accent.
1: It's just, uh, vague. This woman knows exactly where she was the day the Berlin Wall fell.
0: Exactly. It's old, crotchety, possibly Russian woman.
1: Yeah. And I, again, like the character... I- I very much appreciate this absolute lunatic in the kitchen who has a dead rat and only knows how to make toxic waste.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. She- I mean, she killed that rat with her cooking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she did. She's a murderer. She is a- a rat murderer.
0: Yep. Funny that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But hey, at least she, uh, is super respectful of the rat corpse.
0: That's one of the weirdest jokes, is when Todd uh, stumbles by her on his trek up to Mm -hmm. the 30th floor, and she's like, no, 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 Miss Jewel's class is right here, in the oven. And she opens the oven, and it's the rat.
1: Well, yeah, but that also is not a wasted joke, because that was supposed to be where the trash compactor went. Mm Mm-hmm. But it is legally Miss Jewel's classroom. And so then Miss Jewel's Classroom became the trash compactor.
0: So dumb. It's very so silly. Good.
1: But so good.
0: Yeah. Big fan of this television movie. And big fan of the series, which we will return to on a future episode.
1: Cannot wait.
0: Yeah. it's It holds up, I'm, I'm assuming, if if this is any indication. Because <laughs> this h- held up really well.
1: Yeah. This is, this is some... It's something, alright.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... Got anything for your stupid fanfiction corner? I sure do. Yay. How, um, how bad is it?
1: Uh, well. So, we've got some from, uh, AO3. Uh, most of them seem to be in the same genre of, like, taking all of the cartoons you grew up with and sort of just smushing them together. Mm hmm. Uh, genre of fanfiction. So, there's a lot of, um, crossover with like Gravity Falls, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Phineas and Ferb. We are we are not constrained by time even um there's also <laughs> there's one that's really cracking me up called The Nelvana Movie.
0: Oh. And it's
1: just a mashup of a bunch of Nelvana cartoons.
0: Oh, we might have to whenever the Patreon launches, we might <laughs> I have will to do, do a, a
1: dramatic reading.
0: We have to do, like, a special episode dissecting yeah. whatever the fuck that I is. I will oh.
1: 100%. It's 12,000 words.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I have not clicked on it. I have no context for this. I love it. Oh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper is also in the Nelvana movie.
0: Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be?
1: Um, and then over on our old friend, fanfiction.net. Uh, there are definitely more, and it also is a lot uh, more shippy. Very, we're, we're leaning very heavy into the Todd ex Mauricia uh, world.
0: I mean, understandably, because the the movie that we just watched yeah, like leans heavily into that ship.
1: Kids, kids, fucking love a tsundere relationship, and just like making making that idiot be honest with their feelings. Um, it also has a not insignificant amount of uh, Spanish fan fiction. Interesting. Yeah. So it has a... Uh, it has an international fan base. Yeah, that's,
0: that's a strange one, because to my knowledge, it only aired in Canada and the United States. I mean, that's the only information I have, but it aired here on Teletoon and in, in the States on Nickelodeon. So It's entirely wherever...
1: possible that bilingual children in america got real into this though
0: or wherever uh or wherever the nickel nickelodeon broadcast spread out from sure. afterwards uh probably got picked up there too so yeah. yeah interesting
1: yeah so it definitely has more it's it's a it's got a pretty steady stream of fix from two running from 2008 so like You definitely get some while it was airing, and then you get some when it was probably running in reruns. Um, And then once again, because time is a flat circle, the most recent one is from June 10th of this year. Of course. Because people are always, I guess, writing fanfiction about shows they watched as children. Yeah. yeah. I I can't say that's ever been my jam.
0: No, no. Like, I,
1: I don't get it.
0: I mean, I don't get it because I'm not creative, but
1: <laughs> just a profoundly incurious person.
0: Yep. Yeah. Also, untalented.
1: Yeah, that's that's you. Mm-hmm. We we all know this.
0: Yeah, but more to the point, it's it's interesting to think about uh, Wayside having a kind of fan fiction post broadcast life because I don't see the show brought up that often.
1: No, I don't either. Like. Again, you mentioning it uh, the week before last now was, like, the first time I had ever heard of it.
0: Maybe it's because a lot of these later uh, 2000s and 2010 shows don't have that same kind of nostalgic resonance with, you know, my circle of the internet that I mm-hmm. pay attention to. Like, obviously, it's, it's a kid show released in 2007. Why would I be seeing people uh, being nostalgic for it when... Mm-hmm. Even when I was watching it, I felt like I was too old. But also, that doesn't stop like, shit like Total Drama Island from going uh, viral every once in a while.
1: Every once in a while. We're really going to have to save that one. Like, we'll record a Total Drama Island episode and then just hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, until another cycle happens. Yeah, and exactly. it's the talk of the internet again. It's like, hey, do you ever remember this show? Hit the Total, Total Drama, Drama button. Like, yep. Yes, we do. Here yep. it is. Here's our episode. Yep. I know it's not. I know it's not a Saturday. It's a Tuesday, and it's like three in the morning. But Drop look, it. we did an episode, and it's gonna do numbers, baby.
1: <laughs> the the one. Uh, sorry, my my last point about my fanfiction corner for Wayside. I'm very interested in the fact that there's no or few to no OCs, because again, this this feels like the kind of world that just, especially in the era of LoX. Uh, lol xd so random humor this feels like the perfect world for your quirky little scene oc Mhm. yeah uh like, so i'm saying fanfic authors get on it i want to see your wayside ocs
0: yeah like why would you not want uh your oc to be part of miss jewel's class
1: or literally any of the other classes
0: oh yeah my my oc uh ravenblood he would he would really fuck up that um that half classroom like when he when he raises his giant gauntlet to answer the question he just punches a hole through the the roof and it goes like wow what a badass and he are like yeah that's (laughs) right And everyone
1: goes like oh wow
0: like wow he's so cool and he goes like yes but it's my burden
1: uh my oc would definitely be on the imaginary floor
0: good yeah uh what's what is the joke there what's that teacher's name it's like mrs zarf Oh. Mrs. Zoron, Mrs. Zondar or something. Uh She's Zarvis. Like the, Zarvis. She is the imaginary teacher of the 14th floor.
1: Yeah. Or sorry, 19th. 14th 19th. is the adventure floor.
0: Yes, that makes sense. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Zarvis.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, the adventure teacher's name is Mr. Blunderbuss. <laughs> That's such a good name.
0: I don't know if they appe- if they're adapting from anything other than the um The first book, because the Wayside School series, it it, like lasted until the original run was until like 1995, and then there was a recent one in like 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, uh, apparently it was time to strike while that iron was hot. Everyone was clamoring for another Wayside School sequel.
1: Gotta really, really hop on that, uh, that Wayside gravy train.
0: You know, uh... 12 years after the series kind of came and went. Yep.
1: Now, you know, tis tis the time of just revamping everything that anyone could vaguely be nostalgic for and just seeing what sticks.
0: I'd take a reboot of the Wayside series, so long as uh, the original creative team is involved, because uh, we didn't mention it, but the creator of the show, the developer of the show, uh, Johnny D. Johnny D. I almost, I almost tried again. Not, not <laughs> doing that. I've, I've done enough damage. Uh, he's got a really, really successful career.
1: I did not look at him. Oh uh, shit.
0: He, yeah, his, his big things are Wayside, uh, the Gerald McBoyn Boy Show from 2005, Monster Buster Club, and, uh, that Lego show, Le- Legends of Chima, the one with the, I think that's the one with all the, yeah. Furries.
1: I'll have to take your word for it.
0: They all have, like, lion heads and stuff. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't follow Lego lore. Uh,
1: <gasps> Shit, did you see that we're getting a, a Beast Wars movie? No, we're not. Yeah, we are.
0: Like, live action? Yeah. Mainframe entertainment's not vault.
1: No. Tragically. Boom. It's it's no. worthless. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered.
0: Well, I'm glad to see our impact has done some good in the world.
1: We definitely, we definitely caused it. Mm-hmm. it. Definitely has not been in the works for years.
0: No, no. I mean, like as we all know, the Transformers fandom is not a thing. Yeah, no. This... Like th- there is no dedication there. There is no community there. It, like, no one was really talking about Beast Wars until we talked about yeah, Beast Wars. That absolutely. was all our it de- doing.
1: It does not have a dedicated fan base.
0: No, we didn't pull all our information from multiple documents <laughs> that people have written on the internet.
1: Anyway, Never. Sorry, Johnny
0: D. <laughs> right. Like, he's, he's just been around forever and has his hands in so many semi successful, uh, series. Yeah. Like, he's just like this weird journeyman kind of character in the Canadian animation world. I, th- I believe he's Canadian. Okay. I'm not seeing any information on that one way or the other, but, like, he's still doing, um,. He's still doing animation series today. Like his most recent one was uh, for a, a show called Squish.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing Squish and also Akito Ultimate Arcade Warriors.
0: I, I know that Squish is an HBO Max kind of uh, show that did not last long. It got it got got with a bunch of other HBO Max animation. Mhm. So sorry, dude. But yeah, I, I'm re like I'm kind of like really in awe of this guy's career, how he's been, he's been going at it since 1997 and like the, one of the most consistent kind of runs I've ever seen. He just finds himself on another show. And before he knows, before he knows it, he's like running another show.
1: Yeah. Just hopping from, from task to task.
0: Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He has eight shows to his name where he's like credited as either the creator or main developer. Yeah that's insane he's,
1: he's just always got irons in the fire
0: so maybe one day he'll return to wayside but i think he's got enough on his plate
1: yeah i think i think he's good he he seems like a forward momentum kind of guy
0: yeah never look back yeah like I'm, I'm sure everyone's clamoring for another season of monster buster club
1: oh we sure will one day
0: oh we'll do that show it's it's marathon media yeah of course the, the, the one that none of us watched because it was past our time and probably bad. Yeah. But we'll do it.
1: And it always makes me think of uh, the anime Little Busters.
0: What is that? I don't know I what think, that is. I
1: think it's a baseball anime. It's
0: not about Dustbusters?
1: No. No, it's baseball.
0: No, a sports anime, you know. You really can't go wrong there.
1: And it's, um... I think it's the same writing stuff as that uh, series of... Uh kyoto animation uh really mushy emotional shows like uh Clannad and uh an air that i i don't love hmm so it's probably stupid great yeah so this has been a very useful segue
0: yes uh we're pretty much done though so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: just uh, so it,
0: down. yeah it's gonna do it for the wayside the movie discussion uh we both very much like this movie uh <laughs> And I very much like that series that came after it. Um, and Sylvia, I hope you seek it out.
1: I absolutely will.
0: Not not related to a future episode, just like, it's a good show that I'm glad is available on YouTube with this movie as well. Just all there. Just all there.
1: Take advantage of it while we can.
0: Please, please take advantage of it. Wait, Wayside, the movie, is fun. It's a fun yeah. little television special, which I'm shocked i'm not i'm not remotely surprised that it led to a tv deal like uh, the year after
1: yeah it's i had a good time
0: yep the source material is great the animation is poppy and fun and the humor is like really really good it is there's some great comedic chops going on in this series hell yeah it's weird as fuck stay weird yeah, that'll be our message uh, to end the episode on. Stay weird, everybody. Thank you so Yay. much for listening to another episode of Cartoon Night in Canada. I was able to make it to the end without passing out.
1: You did it!
0: yeah, Or coughing into the mic, which I was very, very worried about.
1: Yeah. Very, very valid concern.
0: So, there we go. Uh, if you like what you heard, please consider giving us a like share subscribe and review on your podcatcher of choice preferably apple Podcasts, because that helps us reach the widest possible audience you can find me you can find the show on twitter at cartoon night pod where we post new episodes every saturday except for last saturday because i was sick and stupid like we we plan to have a later in the week recording session but after Getting back to work and being exhausted, and realizing, like, I don't want to re- record and then edit a show for the next day. I want mm-hmm. to sleep. So yeah. that wasn't happening.
1: And, and you were correct.
0: Yeah, that's why I sound as good as I do today. <laughs> <sighs> and you can find me on Twitter at Cinema Creep, where I will absolutely tell you what's wrong with the latest sight and sound poll.
1: <laughs> and you can find me at uh, Sylvie Skeletons, where. I know it's been a very long time since Yuri on Ice, uh, came out, but I can, I can feel my, uh, JJ Defender rattling in my bones again, so that's probably gonna come out soon.
0: Okay, (laughs) so, uh, follow for that, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, uh, have a good one out there, and, um, go fly by Wayside.
1: Bye!